0: Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am doing what I will call the inaugural debate for the Kelly Patrick Show. I've wanted to host a debate for quite some time and it's always a difficult um a difficult thing to to, to over you know to to uh begin doing i, I don't envy mark claire of the lions of liberty podcast who does host the debates or has over the years because it it, it When I actually was sitting down trying to put together, should I do an actual attempt to do an Oxford-style debate, or what should we do? It's not easy, but this is the first one for us, and I appreciate you tuning in. It's Rocky El Paso versus Brian Fox. Um, The case for unions is being made by Rocky El Paso, and the case against unions, and that may not be the best verbiage, because I know Brian doesn't like think unions should be illegal, but the almost the uh, opposition to the union's case is being made by Brian Fox. I appreciate everyone tuning in. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. Life insurance and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by. We have Rocky El Paso. Rocky, how are you today?
1: Doing fantastic. How about yourself? Doing very well. El Rocky Paso is, a- is
0: a
2: fantastic name, by the way.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: I assume you're from Texas.
1: No, I'm from uh, Louisville, Kentucky.
0: Okay. No, I do. Uh, Rocky has been a part of the, I guess you could say, online, Facebook, social media, um, goofy uh, comedy scene for a while. Yeah. I see funny videos of you out there. What did I see one time you're on a bicycle? And what? I saw a real funny video of you oh, one that time.
1: That one went semi viral.
0: Yeah. Well, tell our listeners, what was that? You just were like, I'm a badass. Jumped on your bicycle, drove off, I was just looked riding really cool. A- <laughs>
1: I did a little skid move. And I yeah, it was a pretty a, cool skid move you did. I had a cigarette and a beer. <laughs> you had a cigarette so and pulled, a beer. I pulled the beer out of my pocket and just said, this motherfucker's bad. <laughs> that was that was it. Very short, stupid clip.
0: Have women been throwing themselves at you ever since that?
1: Uh, you know, it's, it's weird, but yes. Okay. A lot.
0: Okay. Good for you. We also are joined by Brian Fox. Brian, how are you, sir? Hey, hey, hey. Today's episode is a... I've toyed with the idea. We toyed with the idea of doing an Oxford-style debate. We want to trend toward the Kelly Patrick Show, possibly having more debates in the future. But we're basically going to do an open discussion, debate-type conversation that is the merits of unions— Brian Fox is, of course, going to wear the hat of the guy who's anti the unions in this case.
2: I would not even say anti-union. I'm just going to be very more critical.
0: Okay. Critical of unions. Okay. And then, Rocky, you are going to be the pro-union guy. 100%. Okay. So, it's a fascinating topic. I do want to say, to start out with, I've never been in a union. Unions don't impact me at all, personally. So, it's easy to say maybe I... That's why you don't care, and maybe that is. I don't even know much about them. Fascinating topic. Seems to politically get people going. Um, I found it interesting that recently, there's a lot of Ford workers, Ford employees in Louisville with the uh, auto workers' strikes. It's been a hot-button topic, and I thought it was interesting that nobody, at least on my Facebook feed, was really taking an anti-union or a critical of union stance, so I kind of threw it out there. I said... Is there anyone, Brian? You jumped on it quickly and you pissed everybody off in the local MMA which, community. Which, which is my job. That's your job, Brian Fox, the local dickhead.
2: Okay. It only looks that way because you're hungry.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> is that good comedy? That was pretty good. Okay. Okay. As a resident comedian. Okay. Um... And I said, Brian, you and I were messaging, you would argue the pro or the uh, uh, critical of union stance type situation. I made a post, Rocky, you were the first one to respond saying you would do the pro union type argument. Um, I would like briefly at least to give just a, a, a brief summary of why, if it's all right, Rocky, if you could do an intro, why are unions a good thing?
1: Okay, so initially when I read your post, uh, I seen that it was a pro-union thing, and I really thought there was there was no question about it. Everybody should be pro-union, because if you're not pro-union, you're pro-Confederacy. And I felt like that's what the post was about, and it took me a while to realize <laughs> you were talking about labor unions. And so I thought well, there's some racism going on here. And it was clearly a race. Honestly, I, I, if we had
2: done it the other way, I could have gone that other one as well. That would have been very fantastic. I had to really, I had to throw my hat out
1: there just, just knowing.
2: I'm an anarchist, by the way, so I could have, got, I could have worked with that. <laughs> That's an interesting
0: conversation in all seriousness.
1: The labor unions, uh, no, I think they're, they're a wonderful thing. I think they give the uh, worker more power, you know, more power than the employer does uh, because – employers have a tendency to take advantage of workers right and it's only right and you're an MMA guy you know you should be able to stand up for yourself okay and sometimes there's strength in numbers and (laughs) I think that's that's very important I really feel like that's that's where the unions come in I think they've changed America dramatically and for the better I I would say that
0: okay thank you very much Rocky um and it, this after this opening statements, I know it'll be kind of a open conversation. But Brian, do you have before we jump into just back and forth, do you have a specific maybe rebuttal to that?
2: Rebuttal? I mean, all kinds of things. But I would just say that uh, for the most part, um, I can look at unions in a uh, how shall we say a very uh, fair context of the value of a voluntary. Union And the benefits of it, I can appreciate what would happen when people voluntarily agree to form an alliance, a voluntary alliance, to try to leverage for a better outcome for themselves. Um, I think what we see now and what we've seen for a long time is something much more than that. And my problems with unions... In terms of philosophical aspects, stem more from a free market perspective where I believe that if you have value in the marketplace, you don't need a union. And most people that are pro-union, for the most part, don't inherently see or understand their own personal value or they don't even have any. So therefore, they rely on a union to give them value. Are you suggesting some people don't have any value? What I would say is this there's a lot of skilled tradesmen within unions that could probably be doing a lot better on their own. (laughs) And there's a lot of people that within unions that are doing pretty well that without unions they would absolutely suck.
1: Okay. It's interesting. Emma.
0: You, yep it, from from this point forward as That's far, just a very simplistic view there's a lot of nuance in there we can work I'm
1: gonna keep my notes up as well so yeah you're welcome to have your notes
0: rocky rip into Brian everybody knows he's the resident guy bring it. let's bring get, it. try so, to get mad at
1: everybody you know, you say that some people don't have like this inherent value um where are they're, they're, they're just being carried by the union but I would argue that everybody has value. They can all provide something. Maybe maybe some people can't do as much as others, but for them to even do the job to begin with, whether it be a little bit on the poorer side of, of the job, they're still getting it done. I mean, for example, um, you would think uh, like, a, like a young guy, inexperienced. He's, he's new, you know. He needs – he's not obviously going to be able to do as much as somebody that has 10 years' experience, let's say, plumbing, or the plumbers and pipefitters union. Uh, that guy is not going to have the experience, so he's not going to be able to get as much done, but that doesn't mean he should get fired for it just because he's not as effective. And we know that employers love to fire people that don't get as much done as the next guy.
2: So typically you don't get fired for not being able to do as much as the next guy. You typically only get fired when you're not doing what is expected of you. Um, I have worked in union environments, both directly and indirectly, And I can say that there's really not a whole lot to these unions in terms of what they're requiring of you that is impossible or so difficult that you need the union to stay there. Typically, what I've seen is it's often the people that, once they're in the unions, they are covered by the unions in terms of they are limited to their role, and there's very little that's expected of them, so they are sheltered by the union, whereas if they were by themselves having to perform for their own duties – it would quickly become a sw- sink or swim environment for them, which it would be in any other marketplace. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I do believe that not everybody's entitled to, let's just let's put it this way. When it comes to inherent value, what I mean is skill sets, trades, experience. Not everybody's going to have the same fit. So maybe you try go working at a construction site and building is not really your forte. So you don't last very long. So then maybe you try going down the road and you go work at some place where maybe they manufacture something. And then you find that maybe manufacturing isn't a very good fit for you. Then maybe you go down the road a little bit further and you find a guy who does electrical stuff. And maybe because you're a math guy, you're good with wires. You figure it out and you're a quick learner and you realize that's your fit. That's kind of how the economy works. Is people figure out with their talents what they're good at, what they're not good at, and they find their role.
1: Now, union or no union, I would, I would think most people, when living in a free country, we can make these decisions for ourselves. So we go to a job, and we're not a good well, actually,
2: fit. are we allowed to think for ourselves anymore? I'm pretty sure we're told
0: what to think these days. Please, Brian, with that's your that's, crazy that's <laughs> conspiracy theories, work. let Rocky talk. Jeez. <laughs> only if you can Alex Jones over television. here. <laughs>
1: But the, uh, so, you know, you can you can make the decision for yourself. So if you go somewhere and you don't think you're a good fit, then, yeah, you can go to another job. But I don't see where the union's stopping you from doing that. And I think it should be more your decision on what's a good fit for you rather than some corporation that just wants to, to run America. I mean, that's what they try to do. They, corporations run everything. And our I'm, unions I'm, are I'm... like the last straw that are keeping us from being dominated by all these powerful corporations. If there
0: was no unions, Rocky, you think the exploitation of the average worker would be even worse than it is now?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, women would not get maternity leave. It would not happen. As a matter of fact, I don't, even have that, leave? I don't even know that women would have jobs. Like, I, I think that, you know, that... Would black people have jobs? Oh, yeah.
2: Would it only be for white men?
1: Well, I think that, in general, black people tend to be, in my experience, I was I was in management for a long time, they, they tend to have... Uh, They've been mistreated throughout history. And so they a lot of white white men
2: are really looked highly upon these days. A a lot of (laughs) African
1: American men have this this mentality that they have to prove themselves. And so they tend to outwork their white counterparts. I mean, all day long. I see I mean I've seen it every day for the last fifteen years. Okay.
2: So here's what I'm gonna tell you. Myself included, I,
1: I get outworked.
2: So here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't know what you're saying when it comes to unions are helping you because, if anything, I see it's a shelter for people who generally don't have a very good work ethic, um, don't have a whole lot of uh, personal skills or uh, abilities that are unique. Uh, They get on the job, they get in their tenure, and then they pretty much just get by by doing what they're told. Whereas in any other job, if they were to be that way, if they were to be, become very stagnant and even make mistakes, they would get fired. I think that there's a lot of complacency and a lot of cover-up. I think my issue with it really is you have to look at the value of the union for what does it really do for you versus what are you, what is it doing for you that's not really intended. Um, if you have a skill, if you have a work ethic, you can do so much better on your own. You don't actually need a union. A union really, for the most part, is creating an environment that leverages a group of people against the business. And we've seen where that's become, where actually the union leadership is very politically connected and becomes a very large conglomerate of consolidating power against corporations For a political outcome it's no longer about the workers it's about a political agenda so i don't see how that becomes beneficial for the workers themselves
1: well there's a there's a couple inaccuracies there um the idea that we could all do better on our own well not all but anybody that has a a good work ethic anybody that has a skill and a good work ethic could do better on their own uh, kind of leads people to believe that the only people that stay in these unions really have nothing to offer because they're being sheltered by the union, as you said.
2: That's not actually what I said.
1: You said that the people...
2: I said they can do better. I didn't say that they will do better. I do believe that the marketplace will sort people. I do believe that there are people who have liabilities that don't deserve protection, particularly people who either lack a work ethic or lack an ability. They have an attitude they have problems doing what they're told, and so therefore they would have no value in a marketplace. Therefore, only in a union do they succeed or thrive.
1: Okay, but that would lead you to believe that the majority, or that would lead me to believe hearing that statement, that the majority of people in unions don't offer much. So then the people don't that offer do offer much, much to the company. Uh, your, your, what
2: are you offering to the company?
1: Your work. Your work you, your why time. can't
2: you do that without the union?
1: Well, that was my point. That, that, that's what I'm getting to is, so if that's what the union is Dominantly made out of, then these the companies union- should be out of business because the people that are working for them aren't doing shit. So, so how are, how are unions the are not
2: monolithic. You have, let's just say, whatever size. You can want to look at it, whatever the workplace is, whether it's hundreds of people or thousands of people. You're going to have a wide range of people from those who have actually skilled labor within the unions, people who are electricians, carpenters, plumbers, people of that nature, all within the same shop or within the works website to people who literally just show up and they do one very simple task that you could teach a 10-year-old to do. Can we agree on that?
1: Uh, 10-year-olds shouldn't be working. Well,
2: well, beyond that, the point is that... <laughs> if, <laughs> if Brian had it his way, if Brian had it his way, all 10-year-olds, eight,
0: 8-year-olds would, eight-year-olds would be working So 50 hours a
2: week. Unions are not monolithic in their skill set. You have a variety of skill, of, uh, skill levels. And so what I'm suggesting is, in a free market... You are basically compensated for your work ethic and your ability to perform a, a task or a, or a job that is required and desired. In a union, you're going to get by regardless of that. And it's more of a protection than it is something that complements you. Again, I'm not inherently anti-union. What I'm saying is the argument that if you are – that you're getting some kind of a benefit that you couldn't get on your own – We were just discussing with this other fellow by the name of Tim, who's an electrician, and we were talking about how many people are in the trades that do just fine or even better outside of unions. If you want to be in a union, that's fine. My principal argument against being in against the unions themselves is the political structure in which they are, the legal structure in which they have in which they are, the businesses are forced to recognize them, and they can't get rid of them, they can't fire them. There's a lot that's going on in there that is antithetical to the free market, if you believe in a free market, do you?
1: Oh, I, be- I mean, I believe it exists. Do you believe in free markets? Do I believe it should be a thing? Do you
2: agree with free markets? No. Okay, so you're a socialist? Uh, yes. Okay, so in a socialist, you're a collectivist, which means you believe in the majority of the group as opposed to the individual so you don't see anything of value to the individual. It's about the larger group,
0: which I am diametrically opposed to. Uh, Rocky, are you? when you say you're a socialist, are you ashamed to say that? Or You sound you like almost you're proud of it.
1: It's it's, it's something that uh, who wouldn't be proud to support their neighbor?
0: You can do that by yourself.
1: I would love if we each do, other.
2: Why do you need to take it from me to support your neighbor?
1: I don't need to take it from you. But but it that's was, what socialism is. I think is. everybody should hand it to each other.
2: And you think everybody should.
1: Oh, yeah. We should all exchange By everything. force? No, but not by force. But you but should But that's do what willingly. socialism
2: is. Well, if you want socialism. to talk about voluntary socialism, that's – see, I don't know if we're actually having the discussion. We're getting, getting off unions. off track. Yeah. That's okay. We'll
0: stay on unions. But, okay, I, I'm just curious. I do appreciate, Rocky, that you're being transparent saying you're a socialist, you know, owning it and not seeing it as and, a negative. It, which
2: is a fair – but that's a different discussion. But. That is
0: an entirely different discussion. Right. I'm not – I don't hear people – that often. At least on the Kelly Patrick show, you say that I'm a socialist.
2: No, and Mm -hmm. to be fair, that there is a very underlying socialist current to the unions. The union leadership is very Marxist in nature. And I'm not really here to dispute that. What I would say is just to the argument of the principles of merit, individual merit, I see more value in making your own way in your own path of virtue, your own merit, Versus the protections of the unions, which in actuality, if you were to look at the totality of how they do things, how they bargain and how they come to agreements and contracts, how they, what the environments that they create in the workplace to where people only have certain jobs, how inefficient that they can be. I just don't see the, I don't see the pluses of that. Like when I think about all the workplaces that I've been in, I've been in various sorts of manufacturing shops were very tough They had a lot of work conditions I think would be even considered questionable. Mm -hmm. I never thought to myself, this is ideal. But I also knew this is my choice. I can choose to work here or I can choose to work elsewhere. I look at it as in, if I don't like the situation that I'm in, I can seek a better life, a better career, a better opportunity elsewhere. I don't see why I would want or need a union to create a better opportunity for myself. If I lack the skills, if I lack the talents, that's on me to develop and cultivate those talents and the, that skill set that will bring in more money.
1: Now I've got two friends and I think uh, this is a a prime example and I'm actually, this puts me kind of close to the situation. So I'm just going to use fake names. It's Frankie and Jordan. Okay. Now, now Frankie has been a member of a union for a very long time. Jordan, however, did a very similar line of work. I'm, I'm, don't want anybody figuring out who they are so I'm not going to tell you the line of work but if one was a union one was not same job essentially okay okay so Frankie has this union Frankie likes to go out and party all the time
0: so usually on Mondays he shows up a little late to work
1: all right now Jordan he doesn't he doesn't do that he's, and he's the not Jordan's the non-union one Jordan is or yeah Jordan is the union Frankie's the or no Jordan's non-union. Okay. Frankie's so, union. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, Frankie, Frankie's in union. He's protected. You know, He doesn't get fired when he's coming in late on Mondays. Jordan, on the other hand, he goes through a divorce, okay? And he gets really bad in alcoholism, okay? And it, it was only like benders. It wasn't like he was drinking every day. Just really bad on the weekends, okay? And, uh, you know, he likes – we've all been through bad times. We like to – you know, sometimes we like to cope our sadness with some sort of substance, whether it be, you know, television, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever they may be. Um, and, and Jordan, his choice was alcohol, and then so uh, through the weekends he'd go through benders. Well, non-union job, he shows up late two Mondays in a row. Working there for fifteen years, he shows up two hours late two Mondays. That's only four hours out of fifteen years. This man's been late, and he loses his job. Mm-hmm. How's that fair?
2: Because he the he fifteen became, he years be, because he became more of a liability to the employer, and it was that there was their prerogative. The fire room, fifteen years of hard work. Is he entitled to keep his job? Yes. Yeah. Does he, he's entitled to?
1: I think so. Why? Because he's dedicated his is life to that is work. It, are
2: you, is it your business? No. So then why is it your prerogative to decide what that business should do?
1: Oh, well, I'm just saying it's wrong. <laughs> I just don't think it's ethical. Wrong according to who? I don't feel like it's ethical or morally. Wrong according to who? Morals. Whose morals? Uh, I would say the general population.
2: Well, you don't speak for me, so it's not the general population. And there's a lot of other people who agree with me. I think you're an outlier. No, I'm actually, there's a lot more people that probably agree. I bet you even Kelly would probably be more prone to agree with me.
0: I probably would, but I I I, understand I may point. disagree, I understand, though. I, under- I may I, agree with him nah, that you're an outlier. Nah, you're we nah, might be outliers nah, because nah. most people, even Republicans, don't speak out so here, against here's you. Here's what I'm going
2: to say. This could go either way. I would also say it depends on what the nature of the relationship is with the employer and the employee. The employer could be like, hey, look. You've been with us for 15 years. You've been a valued employee with us for 15 years. We're going to cut you some slack. In fact, we know you have a problem. Maybe we're going to choose to offer you some help. If you're worth it. If you're worth it. Maybe you're somebody who has demonstrated over 15 years that you have value. So maybe we'll work with you on this. Maybe they won't. But let me ask you this. You made the mistake. Personal responsibility dictates, are you still... The free market principle still dictates it's the employer's decision to decide to hire or fire you. You, as an employer, are not entitled to that particular job. If the employer decides, hey, we're going to get rid of you, that's their prerogative. You're the one that slept in, you're the one that did the drinking, you're the one that made the mistakes. Ultimately, as an adult, it's on you to take that responsibility and say, you know what? Screwed the peach, I shit the bed, made a mistake. They didn't want to give me a second chance, fine. Well, guess what? If you've got 15 years there, why can't you just apply that skills and experience and move on to the next job?
1: Because well, he's in his late 50s. Well, why not?
2: He was going to work there, continue working there. Why can't he work someplace else?
1: Well, Because he already had. Nobody wants to hire anybody at that age because nobody? they're not union jobs. What do you mean nobody? And a lot of people don't uh, like to hire older people. I've noticed that. Well, he already
2: had that job. I mean, there's all kinds of places that hire older people. I think you're kind of like creating a fallacious scenario that doesn't actually exist. I mean, if he had value to this company, why couldn't he have value to another company? They weren't going to fire him because of his age. They were firing him because he wasn't showing up because he was getting drunk.
1: I think maybe it was because of his age, though.
0: So they just happened to take the fact that he got drunk and didn't show
1: up for work. Well, he showed up just late. They're waiting
0: for a reason. Rocky, you, you're kind of suggesting the employer, non-union employer, greedy business owner, was waiting for an excuse to get rid of this old guy, mm-hmm. and then fired him. Okay, so had yeah. there been a union to protect the old guy,
2: yeah. I think he had a hard fairness would have been. So, what you're saying is, is, he was entitled to keep his job, and this business owner does not deserve the prerogative to hire and fire as they see fit.
1: I think that after the time he'd put in, uh, the the reasoning. Really wasn't the the showing up late for four hours of his fifteen thousand. But that's hours your opinion. Opponent.
2: Do you run? Do you own the company? I do not. So should it be? So should that company be able to make the decision for themselves who they hire and fire?
1: I don't think so. No.
0: Yeah, because but, you said you're a socialist. So really, uh, by definition, an actual socialist would. I would. Agree that's with a that. whole different conversation. So I, and, now,
2: and we can and we can and we can work with this. I would say I would agree. You don't like the idea of personal prerogative within the private sector you are a socialist i can dig that but we're at what do you mean you are, can you can dig that well if you let me explain i'll tell you okay? <laughs> <laughs> so i can appreciate that socialist point of view here's the problem i have with socialism and maybe you can help me out with this the argument that i have against socialism is it requires near 100 buy-in i'm not even gonna say 100 buy-in i'm just gonna say near 100 buy-in because here's what happens Maybe a group of three of us. We're like minded. We can make things happen. We're socialists. We're going to band together. Our efforts our like minded ideals. Then it gets to 20. Yeah, we're still on the same page. We got 20 like minded people. Not bad. 50, 100, couple thousand. Starts to get a little bit hairy. You start to get a lot of people with, I'm not quite sure I agree with that. And I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that approach. Starts to get diverse, starts to get complicated. Everybody's got different opinions. You've got, I don't know what your family background is. Do you ha- come from a large family by chance? Yes,
1: I have uh, seven siblings.
2: Did everybody agree on everything for dinner?
1: Uh, we didn't eat a whole lot of dinner. What's that? We were, we were pretty poor. Didn't have a whole did lot of dinner. Did you guys
2: agree on what you're going to watch on TV or what you're going to eat for dinner? Was uh, the time?
1: Wasn't.
2: I'm asking, is did you, uh, was, you was it ever an event? I, d- I don't
1: think we uh, ever you? argued about such things. Did you
2: guys ever agree on everything? I would say no. Okay, so what makes you think in a pool of 20 to 50 to 100, even a couple thousand people, everybody's going to come to agreement on everything?
1: Because they're not stuck in the same house.
2: Well, on the issue of how they run the business and how they do things. What makes you think that they're going to agree on all that? Like how they do business, how they do the wages, how they do the benefits, the time off. Are you going to get 100% agree on
1: it? I mean, I think if they're like-minded people, yeah.
2: You think you're going to get 100% buy in? Not
1: 100%, but near 100. So do you think I would when say one 95. You, So do
2: you think people have good days and bad days on the job? Yeah. So what happens Absolutely. when so what happens when you have a guy that's having a couple bad days on the job, like the guy you said before had a rough weekend. He was normally a normally good worker. Then you got another guy always always shitty on the job, bad attitude. Then you've got another guy He's always great on the job. He's always coming in with a smile on his face, but he's not worth a shit. He's not pulling his weight. He's not doing anything. He's always out there shamming. He's nowhere to be seen. He's not doing his part. Pretty soon before you know it, you have a diverse group of people who aren't truly coming together and putting in 100%. They're all got their individual problems. And then before you know it, you've got all kinds of complications This is supposed to be a socialist like-minded effort, but for some reason, not everybody's contributing equally. How do you resolve that?
1: Well, that's where equity comes in. Everybody gives their own 100%. Everybody gives as much as they can, and that's where we all have to build each other up.
2: So I'm putting in 80-hour weeks while this other guy, man, he's getting drunk almost every other day, coming in like not, he's nowhere to be found, like half the time he's in the bathroom. And I'm out here, I haven't seen my wife in three days, working overtime, I'm coming in early, leaving late, I'm busting my ass, whereas this guy's always hungover, barely even shows up, but I feel good about it because we're in it together. Yeah, that's the give and take. Do you actually live in this reality or is there another one that I'm not aware of?
1: That is the That should be the reality of how things work.
2: Because I've been in what I would consider to be the closest to a socialist workplace you can ever actually think of. It's called the military. And I'm going to just tell you this right now. It does not work whatsoever. The only reason why it, I would say this. The only reason why it actually works in the military is that so you have an absolute hierarchy. Nobody gets to question the boss above you. Do you want to have that in your socialist workplace?
1: I think dictators can be a good thing.
2: So you want a dictator to mix the trains runs on time.
0: Dictator of the proletariat. That's what Karl Marx so and, then and, that and dictator, Engels. That's so what they said, dictator of the proletariat. So it's you, a, a leader. You're being led by the people. So it's a leader, yeah, but he is the people. So you're really so you're being led so by yourself. So you're comfortable with surrendering
2: your individualism for the benefit or the greater good, correct? Yeah. I'm not.
1: Well, that's where the dictator would come in.
2: But that's the problem. I'm not. I'm. I'm going to fight tooth and nail against that. So your conundrum is you can't get 100% buy-in. Well, I'm, I, I'm your. I'm your negative one percent. He's your negative one percent. And there's a lot more like us. How many? So pe- maybe you can get by with this in a shop of 20 people, oh. or even t- 10, 10, 20 people. But the more people you bring in with more diverse backgrounds, you got some Indian guys. You got some Muslim. Whoa, guys. whoa, whoa. You got some black folks, you got some some white folks, you got some Ivy League folks. Everybody brings something different to the table. And before you know it, there's a lot of uh, differences in how they approach the workplace. And there's a lot of strife and like, well, wait a minute. I'm showing up on time. I'm doing what I'm told. And this guy, he's out getting drunk and he's coming in late. He doesn't provide any value. He only takes out the trash when you absolutely tell him to. Whereas I'm putting in 80 hours a week and I'm grinding I mean, I hate to tell you this, man, but it, the the idea sounds wonderful in theory, but the reality it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't actually work.
1: Well, that's where you just all have to agree to do your part. And like I said, there, there's equity there. Like everybody, you know, some people need a little more of a pick me up than others.
2: Can you <coughs> can you think of a place where this has actually worked, where you've actually it's been demonstrable?
1: Um, let's see, like a, like a country or
2: anywhere, I mean, when, in which so it works who who, who actually who actually has. True socialism. Are we talking about socialism or unions? Where it's socialism or unions? So because it's the it's the basis for the for the philosophy. Do you agree with that?
0: Um, I think they they, they kind of they go hand in they, hand. Uh, yes. Unions are a socialist. Okay, thing. so so Brian, your question to Rocky right now is where has socialism worked. Is that your question? Sure. In unions. Oh, you think so? okay. oh, okay. Wait a
2: minute. Do they exist on their own? Because last I checked, they are supported by a free market business. How does this? Uh, is there an actual business that's entirely socialist?
1: A Business, I can't think of any names of any businesses.
2: Okay, so because I'm not aware of any socialist businesses,
1: but I wouldn't call. I mean, is it the, the union? I can are think a of a lot of businesses uh, in which
2: socialists actually suck from, but they not actually create.
1: Unions them. are a socialist tool, and I think they've improved several businesses.
2: They a socialist Ooh. tool. Mm. Oh, yeah. I've never actually heard it marketed as a socialist tool. That's interesting. That's well,
0: if one. the goal of socialism is to help spread like an egalitarian type uh, yeah, you, community.
1: The unions do it. I mean, they do it great. I mean, you I'm buying think, it, Brian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you think overtime pay would exist if unions didn't exist? I
2: don't think you should have overtime pay. I think that should be the prerogative of the employer. Ooh.
1: I think uh, you know. Do you think
2: safe work conditions should be a hundred percent across the board?
1: What do you mean safe work conditions?
2: Like you should feel safe. You should have safe work conditions. Like do we conditions need conditions? Yeah, okay. safe work uh, conditions.
1: As safe as the job could make it.
2: Oh, uh, really? So should there be like an across the board kind of like approach to things? Because like. How would you describe safe working conditions because that's actually a big part of why unions came to be was safe working conditions people did not feel safe I think it depends and on the
1: field of work like each field of work should it? has its its level of safety Who decides and, that? I mean, that
2: actually the, would agree it's very subjective I yeah, would agree with I that.
1: think the employees should be a, a leading factor in that because they're the ones actually doing the job How would they decide that? How would I mean they're doing the job so they No they but can, how would
2: they decide what is considered safe like would should they come in like you know like Should we have air conditioning? Should we have clean floors? Do we need to have hire people to come in and do stuff? Because I'm just wondering how you come to that conclusion and whose responsibility that is. Because, you know, when you're in a socialist environment, you know, it's a collective decision. It's never up to one person, isn't it?
1: So I think the way it would work would be uh, just an example. So you have a new company that's in a new field that doesn't exist right now, right? So we're just this brand new field. Group of workers go in. They work there for two months. Then everybody gets together and like, hey, I found this was dangerous. I slipped and fell a couple times here. This happened here. This happened here. Label the incidents that have been commonly occurring. And once you know the incidents that are commonly occurring, then as a group, you can try to address each problem. Can you not do that in a free market? You could, but you're not forced to. Whereas not forced to. Do like you if you have so workers will tolerate so do you th-
2: it. So do you think your boss wants you to slip and fall and break your leg?
1: I think some bosses could care less if they make enough money off of it.
2: So what's stopping you from taking your value as an employee and go working someplace else where you're not going to you know, be at risk?
1: Because if employers know that in any field in particular, if you see your competitor getting away with it, and you know you can save money by doing it. So you most? think they're all going to do it?
2: I do. Oh, really? When has that ever happened? Always. Really? Because I'm pretty sure that Henry Ford was actually among the leading... Business owners before unions to implement safe working conditions.
1: Now I read somewhere, I, this could be inaccurate, but I read somewhere that his wife, now when she was younger, she was actually a big advocate for unions, and I feel like he had something to do with that.
2: But they did. But did they not do it without unions initially? Yes or no?
1: No, they did. They did it without unions, but they were working towards getting unions because you, you know you, think, you can't so, snap your so fingers you, and make so, a union.
2: So do you think it was automatic that there was no such thing as safe working conditions without unions?
1: I mean, there was a lot more death in the workplace. Because there's
2: a lot of places I can think of that have very safe work conditions that are not unionized whatsoever and never have been.
1: Well, that's because now there are unions in other places, and so they know they can't get away with it anymore. So because, it has to be it's yeah, they, that. It's not because
2: they just automatically care about their workers, and they really want to make sure that you know their workers come back because they have skill and value. If they
1: really cared about their workers, they would encourage them to unionize.
2: If they really cared about their workers, so why is it their job to care? Should they also... Oscill- I mean... Where does that come from?
1: Well it's not their job to care, but I think any successful company should, should be doing
0: the unions. How are we doing on time? We're, we're doing pretty good actually here shortly well, I was going to jump to going five o'clock, yep yep, yep. I was jump, going to jump to at some point here soon. I do want to give you each an opportunity to give like a closing type statement, okay um, And it doesn't have to be long to summarize your view. Um, at some point, we may end up trying to have people vote on this. Obviously, <laughs> entirely subjective. Um, but your, your goal, each of your goals here are to win over the listeners, okay? It, 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 now, obviously- With closing so, statement? We, well, with the entirety of this episode. So really, oh. obviously, obviously, the way an Oxford-style debate really is supposed to be done, everyone in attendance says before which side they would vote for to start with. You all vote before the debate. Then afterward, you see if you changed yeah. anyone. So we're not going to do that. Well, just
2: do the sheer fact that most of your friends are pro union He's automatically going to win. So I'll just go ahead and just wave the white flag.
0: <laughs> well, is that true? <laughs> but, no. Uh, there could I, I, be libertarians. Or there could I be people say, from your world that listen too. So we don't know.
1: I feel like you were a very <laughs> strong debater.
0: <But laughs> I'm a ma- had, I'm, You I'm, had I some am, very am. solid points that so I, so I, I would I say, say I'm question. a master debater.
1: <laughs> I had to question myself and my views a few times, and then I realized I was right, so I stopped questioning them, but, you know, you had me on edge. I definitely had to
2: question you and wonder if you were very serious or not, because, you know, I've heard those arguments before, but they're usually, like, in comic books or satire.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. If you call the news, like, CNN, comic books or satire, then...
0: Hey, can't hurt? Can we jump right to doing some closing... (laughs) So, so I started with having uh, uh, Rocky, you defend what you think unions, okay, why you like unions, okay? So I am now going to give Rocky the chance to summarize uh, today's debate, and then I will give Brian the chance to do it at the end, and then we will wrap things up uh, just a minute, maybe, or something like that, Okay, if you could, Rocky. I'll
1: cover it pretty quick. Um Let's start off like I said at the beginning of this uh, the show that you know union is, is what we call the, the North and they, they did a good thing for America and they won that <laughs> the Civil War and that's, that, that started my support for unions. And then the labor unions came in and they gave us they gave us good things like safe working conditions. Uh, vacation time wouldn't exist without, without uh, unions. there would be no coming in hungover if there wasn't for unions wouldn't exist. Um, women that would get pregnant would have to continue working nine months and then sometimes even deliver at the workplace for unions. <laughs> I'm coming to one of your shows. <laughs> um, overtime pay, uh, he, he says overtime pay shouldn't exist. I disagree, you know, because after a point of 40 hours, you're, you're you're taxing your body extra. So, And the government's taxing you extra, so you might as well get that extra money too. And I feel like the unions have, have helped uh, secure that. Uh, unions help Companies get the most out of their workers because it encourages lunch breaks and things like that. We have labor laws now, but I don't think we ever would have if the unions didn't exist. So, you know, we get lunch breaks and, and things like that. So we get little periods where we can go eat and then get back to top productivity when we get back. And that would have never happened had unions not been, been a, a thing. Um, so I guess in closing, if, if you're out here working today and you don't feel crazy terrible about your job or you know you can go get another job, you can just go ahead and, and thank a union rep.
0: Okay, good stuff. Rocky El Paso. Uh, Brian, this is your opportunity to, uh, your closing words of wisdom. I have to say that uh, upon
2: listening to Rocky's closing statement, I've had some moments of uh, deep reflection, and I think I've definitely come around to becoming a very pro-union and even pro-socialist. I definitely see the value that if uh, you're a person who has no inherent skills or self-worth or... or, um, Just really, any th- you don't, if you don't provide any value to your employer other than maybe once in a while showing up and you still need to make sure you have a job, I totally see the value of having a union. Um, another thing I really like about the union is the fact that there's no way in hell any thinking person would ever think to go find a job elsewhere if they were working in an unsafe work environment. I can tell you of so many instances in which literally I came w- within inches of dying. And if it weren't for the fact that a union was nearby to save my life, I probably wouldn't be here today because there's no way I would think for myself that I have to work in a place with a safe working environment. And lastly, let's talk about the wages because that's really kind of a big deal with those greedy CEOs. And I've really come around on this too. So somebody once suggested these CEOs are making too much money. And I realized, man, these guys are making like what 20 to 40 million a pop easily. And I'm like, man, can you imagine if we all got a piece of that pie and I did the math, and I realized, man, you know what would happen if you took a CEO that was making upwards of about 20 to $30 million across the UAW? You know how much that would mean for you and me? I'd get to buy a pizza. Free? We had to get to buy a pizza. That's what the difference would be. And I like pizza a lot. So I'm thinking to myself, that would be awesome. If we raked in his money for us, the collective, the people that are working, that's a pizza in my pocket. Not figured, liter- not literally, of course, but... You know, that wouldn't th- work well. Pizza in so, your pocket. So I just pizza. think in the fact that I get a pizza, I get safe working conditions, I don't have to worry about dying, and that I know that if I have absolutely no inherent value or any trades, any marketable skills, if I'm a drunk ass with a shitty work ethic and I want to continue to remain employed and not have any personal
0: responsibility, unions are the way to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I think you both made your cases pretty well. Once again, Rocky El Paso Paso and Brian Fox. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the inaugural debate series. This is going to be a new series for The Kelly Patrick Show, the debate series of The Kelly Patrick Show. Um, I do appreciate everyone tuning in. Of course, we will have another episode out soon. Thank you.